Thank you, worship team, for leading us today. You probably haven't noticed it, but one of our compressors went out this morning, but you may not know it. Thought I'd inform you. So you know by now our theme at First Baptist Arlington for 2022 is re dot dot dot. And basically our journey is about re-everything is our plan. And for the Easter season, our theme is redeem as we're choosing a different biblical word or theological concept that begins with that prefix re throughout the year. I do want to say a, a word of thanks to the Lord for our season of reflection. I feel like God really worked in the life of our church during that time as we focused on the 23rd Psalm. I hope it was meaningful to you. Um, you know, it's funny, you never know who's paying attention. Uh, Cindy and I have been out of our house now for two or three weeks. I guess they're repairing the floors in our home, and we're really grateful for Dan and Linda Diaper. They've allowed us to stay in a guest home they have, and, and so I have kind of taken over the center part of one of the rooms, which Cindy likes to point out that I'm prone to do that, so I didn't want to disappoint her at this little guest house. And uh, so I had my stuff spread out and notes and everything, and Ada was with us the other day, and, and she happened to notice that I had this document laying by my computer, and it says, Redeem, Romans 8. And Ada said, Poppy, actually, we're doing Reflect, Psalm 23. So she wanted to make sure that I'm with the game, okay? So, uh, and Ada, you're exactly right. That's what we've been doing, right, Psalm 23. But we've now shifted to Redeem, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. So we have a couple of goals during the Easter season. Let me give them to you real quickly. The first one is to embrace the true meaning of redemption. Um, Apollo Apollo trosis is the Greek word that is translated redeem in the New Testament. Lutrosis means ransom, uh, to pay a ransom. If you put that little prefix, apo, A-P-O, um, that emphasizes the distance between the rescued person and whatever enslaved them. So it enriches that Greek term. The idea is that we have been released and the release is affected by the payment of a ransom. And so as this ransom has been given, the idea is we've been delivered. So during the Easter season, here's what we're going to do. Beginning next Sunday morning, I'm going to preach through Romans 8 every Sunday morning. Um, N.T. Wright is one of the theologians who's heavily influenced me. And N.T. Wright loves to ask his theology students this question. If you were stranded on a desert island and you could only take four pages from the Bible, which pages would you choose? Well, Romans 8 is one of those pages that I would choose. It's a powerful text. And our daily Bible readings, we're going to read through the book of Romans. We're also going to read through some selections of Luke's gospel. We will follow up with Luke later in the year when we come to the season of Advent. And we'll let Luke finish out the year for us as he tells the story of the gospel. Here's what we're going to do. As we read Romans, as we study Romans 8, we're going to explore together the theological, historic, and spiritual meaning of redemption. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you that studying Romans 8 is very different than studying Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a beautiful poem. It's filled with rich imagery. Psalm 8 is, dense, I mean, Romans 8, rather, is dense. It's jam-packed, a theological treatise that requires us to give our full attention to it. So I'm going to ask you next Sunday morning to show up with your theological brain, and we'll have a conversation about Romans 8. So 
a deeper understanding of redemption, first goal. Second goal, develop a culture of what I'm calling evangelistic sensitivity. Here's what I'd say to us as a church. We want to inform one another. We want to encourage one another. We want to inspire one another to be evangelistically sensitive. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We want to be prepared to engage in spiritual conversations and spiritual relationships. We want to be sensitive to opportunities to share the gospel. We want to be inspired to seize those opportunities. So today we're going to begin a conversation about that. But I want you to know this whole idea of evangelistic sensitivity is a from now on at First Baptist. Not just an Easter emphasis, but this is how we're going to launch it intentionally. And we're going to model it for you, the church is. We're going to do some things to encourage you. So for example, as we get a little closer to Easter Sunday, we're going to provide yard signs for you. And the yard sign is going to say, Easter, why does it matter? Question mark. And it'll have a QR code on it. And the QR code will be big enough for you to load on your phone if you happen to drive slowly by or walk through someone's neighborhood. And there will be symbols on that um, um, yard sign to let people know that different languages will be available. And here's what will happen. When you go to that QR code, it'll take you to a landing page. And that landing page is going to have a written explanation of the gospel. And it's going to be supplemented with videos in numerous languages to explain the gospel. So we're going to model for you some evangelistic sensitivity. So we want to go ahead and encourage you. We want you to put one of those in your yard. Now, along the way, we're going to also encourage you to be equipped to have a conversation about it because if you have a sign in your yard that says, Easter, why does it matter? You might have someone in your neighborhood ask you, why do you have that sign in your yard? Now, the simple thing you can do is say, well, let's go to the QR code. I mean, you, you can, I guess, you can do that. Preferably, you can engage in a conversation. But the point is, we want to create a culture of evangelistic sensitivity as a body of believers with this understanding. We're all different, and we all have different ways of sharing our faith. But sharing our faith is not an option. We all have different ways to do it, but it is something we all must do. It's a part of living the gospel. So with that said, let's get started today. Here's the sermon today. Easter, why does it matter? Our text is 1 Corinthians 15. We'll start in verse 3. Now, if you'll just, before we get to verse 3, verse 1, notice Paul says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. So he's received it. So now look at what he says in verse 3. For what I received... I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. So let me begin this morning with the good news. I want you to notice verse one, the word gospel. In the Greek text, the word is translated gospel. That word means good news. Here's what's interesting. In Greek, there are several words that you can translate with the English word preach, proclaim. 
One of those words is euangelizo, which means preach the good news. It's the same word as gospel. So look at verse 1. Paul basically says, I want to remind you of the gospel I gospeled. Is literally what it says in Greek. It's, it's, it's a repetition of the same word, uh, a noun and a verb. And so the point is, this gospel, he says, this good news, I have given you the good news. Well, what is the good news? Well, here's what most scholars say about 1 Corinthians 15. This is probably the earliest gospel formula that the church has ever developed. And Paul has written it down for us. This is the core message that the apostles proclaimed. This is the core message of the gospel. So what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is simply this. Look, look at what Paul says. First, Christ died. Notice, he didn't just die. He died for our sins. He didn't just die for our sins. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. So there's a story here. Remember, this is news. Proposition, propositional truth is attached to the news. The news is Christ died, died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried. He physically died. He was raised. Christ was raised. He wasn't just raised. He was raised according to the scriptures. And then he appeared as the resurrected Lord. There's the gospel. There's the good news. Christ died. He fulfilled what the scriptures had to say about the role of the Messiah. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried because he was physically dead. He was raised miraculously according to the scriptures. And then he appeared as the resurrected Lord to numerous people. And in so doing, he launches the new era because he now shows us what life is like when death is finally conquered. Because he's resurrected and death no longer has power over him. So the new era is standing there right in front of them when the resurrected Christ is there. So the gospel is told in this story. Jesus died. He died for our sins. He fulfilled the scriptures. He was buried. He was resurrected. And he has appeared as a resurrected Lord. And one day he will return as king. Now, Scott McKnight, who's done a lot of research in trying to understand the gospel as it's taught in the New Testament. Y'all may remember he was here, and he spoke to our church about four or five years ago. Here's what Scott says about this statement, Christ died. He says, when you think about the death of Jesus, he says, think about it this way. Jesus died with us. He identifies with us by dying. Jesus died instead of us. He died as a substitution on our behalf. He died for us because because of his death, he now brings us as redeemed people into God's family, rescued, forgiven, redeemed, restored. So when you say Christ died, what you are saying is that Christ died with us as a human. He died instead of us as a substitution, providing atonement. He died for us, completely offering the opportunity of transformation for all eternity. It's a powerful statement. Paul is trying to make sure you understand, if you will, the true meaning of the death of Jesus. Because everybody dies. True? Right now, one out of one dies. Here's what's going to happen. If you live long enough, you will die. But guess what? Jesus died. But when Jesus died, his death was different than any other death. He died to identify with us, but he died in our place. And he died for us. And because of that, you and I now can experience forgiveness 
and redemption. As a matter of fact, look at what Paul says. Look back at verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 15. Are, are y'all, y'all still with me? Okay, look at verse 2. By this gospel, this good news, you are saved. You want to know how powerful this is? You're saved because of it. Jesus told a number of parables while he was on earth. Some of them are in the New Testament. My favorite parable that Jesus ever told is in Mark 4. It begins in verse 26. It's a very short parable, and it doesn't get a whole lot of press because its next-door neighbor is so famous. The parable of the soils is told first. You know, there was this soil, that soil. But Jesus tells a really quick one, though, beginning in verse 26. Here's what he says. He says, it's called the parable of the growing seed. Jesus says that a man scattered seed, and he said, night and day, the seed grew no matter what the man did. He could stay up all night. He could sleep all night. Didn't matter. The seed still grew. As a matter of fact, Jesus says this, all by itself, automaton is the Greek word. Automatically, all by itself, the seed grew. And he said the grain, then the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel, then the harvest. And you know why? Because the seed is good seed. If you will sow the seed, the seed will bear its own fruit. That's the point Jesus is making. So the gospel is good seed, it's good news. It's in our hands and it's our responsibility to sow it. And if you do it, it bears fruit. I learned this week, you know, our, our primary personal partner in mission is Restore Hope. That's how we get the gospel to the world personally. All of our workers, our sent workers are out through Restore Hope, the, the ministry that Cindy leads. Cindy told me this week, as best I can tell in 2021, this last year, 1,890 people through the ministries of Restore Hope that we support were saved. Isn't that awesome? Just shy of 2,000 people because this church and others are supporting that ministry. Predominantly, the salvations were in West Africa. Our church planters that we support, their Pastor Emmanuel, uh, Abdul, they have church planters that are taking the gospel out. And you know what? They're sowing the seed. Guess what the seed is doing? Bearing fruit. You know why? Because the seed's good, that's why. It's our responsibility to share that good news. Now, with all of that said, let's talk this morning about evangelistic sensitivity. I want you to, uh, to be ready this morning to be informed, to be inspired. I want you to learn some things, and I want you to be inspired to put them into practice. So here's what we decided to do this morning. We've decided to show you some videos that we've produced. So I want to say a word of thanks to Aaron Toms, to Barry, Richie Herentine, and others who helped make this possible. Ryan and Katie Hodges agreed to be our actors. They're the stars of the show. They're on vacation today. I'm not sure if that was coincidence or not. Maybe want to see how this thing played out, okay? But they are our couple that's going to be starring for us in this set of skits about evangelistic sensitivity, okay? So think about it. Here's, this is just an introduction. This, this is going to be an ongoing conversation with us as a church. Today we're just going to introduce it. So think about if you want to be evangelistically sensitive, how might you start your day? What if you started your day like this? Lord, just bring people into my path and help me recognize them when they're there. Okay? All right, so let's go to Ryan and Katie's house. They're getting ready to start their day. They're both about to go to work. So let's start with this time together. <clears throat> hey, sorry, your car's in the shop. I wish I could give you a ride today. Yeah, it's okay. I got an Uber anyways. Okay. So is this a normal week for you? Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm going to try to put what Dr. Wiles talked about into place, about sharing the gospel, being gospel present in All the right. workplace. Yeah. 
seems a little awkward to me though. You yeah, know? but maybe we can do it together and learn together. Yeah, I'd like that. Why don't we just pray about it before we go out into our day? Yeah. Let's, let's pray. Yeah, let's do it. God, we want to try this, and so we just pray that you put people in our path today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we'll see what we do, and if it's awkward, then it's awkward. Yeah, we'll see. We'll do our best. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my Uber's here. Oh, okay. Well, right. good luck. Love you. Love you. All right, so this little couple is starting their day on their way to work. Now, what have they just prayed for? Opportunities, maybe to share the gospel. So let's see how they do, okay? Let's start with Ryan as he gets into the Uber on his way to work. Hey, are you Ryan? Yeah, yeah, you're my driver. Yes. Cool. Yeah, awesome. Hey, is that a Buddha up there? Oh yeah, it is actually. Cool. Are you Buddhist or? Uh, no, I'm just. Uh, one of my friends gave this to me, and I just think it'd be really cool to just kind of display. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Are you interested in any of their spiritual things or? Um, lately I've been just kind of thinking about spiritual things, but I just don't know which religion would be right for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Christian, but it's kind of more of a relationship, not as much of a religion, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, and I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get coffee and talk about it more if you want to. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. cool. Good recovery, Ryan, right? Okay, so now Katie is on her way to work, and she is going to encounter one of her new colleagues on the elevator, so let's see how Katie does. spiritual, but I think every religion has something to offer. Well, I practice Christianity. I wonder, since you're new, if I could buy you lunch and tell you what I think Christianity might have to offer? Yeah, that sounds okay. So I'll find you for lunch? Okay. Cool. This is me. (laughs) Good job. Second, Katie. Okay. So now Katie's at work, and she is now in a conversation with a group of co-workers who are not so happy about somebody they work with. Now remember, this is fictional. This part is fictional. So just for illustration purposes only. So let's see how Katie does. Katie, join us. Hey guys. How are you doing? Hi. 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 Hi.
How's the day? It's going good. good. Yeah. It's going very good. But can you believe Martin lately? Mm. Being a manager really has gone to his head lately. Yeah, somebody needs to knock him down a peg or two. That's the truth. Yeah, he's really just not that pleasant to be around. That's the truth. Mm. That's the truth. I hate that guy. So can you believe Martin lately? Being a manager really has gone to his head. Yeah, somebody needs to knock him down a peg. Well, it's kind of a really hard time to be a leader right now, so maybe we could just encourage him, maybe even pray for him instead of badmouthing him. Yeah, it's it's tough for people these days. Yeah, we just show a little bit of grace. Yeah. Love that guy. <laughs> Oh, man. Good job, Katie. Um, now, obviously, y'all, you're seeing the point, right? They're not actually sharing the gospel, or are they? It's, it's, it's opening doors, right? Starting to just sow some seeds. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot more needed. So, maybe this one you can identify with a little bit. Um, when you're at a restaurant and it comes time to pay the bill, let's see how Katie and Ryan do. <clears throat> Yeah, he was good too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, I'm gonna leave this right here. Perfect. Thanks so much. You're oh. great. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm gonna leave this right here for your convenience, and I'll be right back whenever you're ready for okay. it. Okay. Great. Thanks. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, he's really good. We should leave a big tip tonight. Yeah. Show we're Christian. Yeah. I, I love that idea. I want to do that instead of leaving a tip. Okay. I have this gospel track. Yeah. And so, and what if I put that in there? It's like a tip of eternal yeah. life. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I'll take this out of your way. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of you. I think we really made a difference. I love you, honey. I love you, too. Well, I'm going to leave this right here for your convenience. Thank you guys very much Thank for you. today. You've Thanks, been great. Yeah. Oh, it's my it. pleasure. And I'll be right back whenever you're ready, okay? okay. Cool. Thanks. Perfect. Hey, since Dr. Wiles has been challenging us to share our faith more, I wonder if we could obviously leave a really good tip, yeah. but then also ask him if we can pray for him. Yeah. No, what do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds great. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take this out of your way. Thank you again, guys, very much. Wow, thank you guys very much. Hey, Golly. We've been working on praying for people. Is there anything that we can be praying for you about? Um, well, actually, I have a, a huge exam coming up tomorrow. I'd, I'd love y'all's prayers. We'd love right. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys very Thanks, much. Thanks, Aaron. You've we'll been be praying great. for you. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank y'all so much. Wow. All right. So let's do one more. What about when, you know, here's what's interesting to me. On any given Sunday at churches like ours that are more urban in their context, um, we have all kind of people that visit the church. You never know what's going on in their lives. Why did they happen to come on this particular day? Many of them may not have any idea about who the church is, what the church is doing. Sometimes we assume that just because somebody's at church, they kind of already know everything. And we can have missed opportunities. I don't know that I can find you a safer place to share the gospel than at church. True? So sometimes we need to be sensitive about that. So let's do one other where we have this little couple visiting our church for the first time. 
Hey guys. Hey, how are you, sir? Good. Hey, I'm Dennis. Uh, Chris Hodges. Hi, Chris. I'm glad to meet you. Nice to meet Hi, you. I'm Aubrey. Hi, Aubrey. I'm glad to meet you. I don't know you guys, so welcome. Yeah. Hope it all went well today. Yeah, we enjoyed great. it. We're yeah. good. Appreciate well, thank it. you for coming. Thank, thank you. God bless you. You bet. Have a good one. All right, see ya. All the pictures. It's like real homey. It's really pretty in here. Hey, hey, how are y'all? Good, how are you? Is this your first Sunday at First Baptist? It is. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's y'all's names? Uh, I'm Chris. Chris. I'm Aubrey. Oh, cool. I'm Ryan. This is my wife, Katie. Yeah, nice y'all married? Uh, we actually just got engaged. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome to our church. We've got coffee over here okay. and a lot of literature around here, so make yourself at home. We're really glad you're here. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Wow. Nice to meet y'all. Look at all the pictures and stuff. It oh, looks like so home. Nicely decorated in here. Yeah. I love it. It's cool. Hi. Books. Hi. Oh, hey. Good. How are you? How are you? Welcome Good. to the visitor center. Yeah. yeah. I'm Katie. This is Ryan. I'm Chris. I'm Aubrey. What brings you all to church today? Well, we just we didn't really grow up in the church, and so we're just kind of trying to figure out where we want to go. We just got engaged recently, and so big congrats! Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So we're just trying to figure out where we need to go now. Well, we love it. We're so glad you visited us today. Y'all want to sit down? Maybe we can ask you a little bit more about your faith journey and how we can help you along that path to following Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do that. Okay. Katie and Ryan, y'all, how about that? Thank you so much for them doing it. So. Again, as I said, this is just an introduction just for you to be thinking about your day. As you go about your day, it is so easy to miss opportunities. You, you never know when one's going to arise. This Wednesday night, we had uh, Ash Wednesday service, and many people came forward, and for the first time in our church, we actually put ashes on people's foreheads. And uh, one of our young worship leaders went to the store on the way home. And guess what? He's standing in line, paying for stuff, and the young cashier wants to know, what is that on your head? And he has an opportunity to talk a little bit about Ash Wednesday, a little bit about the gospel, about Jesus, and said that the young man that was engaging him wasn't quite necessarily that getting it. But then he turned and there was a Muslim lady standing right next to him in line who was listening to every word. Isn't that interesting? Um, you just never know when these opportunities arise and you can so easily just walk past them. But if you're evangelistically sensitive, then you can begin to take advantage of some of these opportunities. Now, let me just say this to you about evangelistic opportunities, okay? I wanna show you one other scripture passage real quick. First Corinthians, if you'll go back to First Corinthians 3, verse five, Paul says this. What after all is Apollos, what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-laborers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Now let me say this about sharing the gospel. As I said, these little snippets, just an introduction, obviously we need to know the real gospel. These were just opportunities to open the door, right? We want you to take advantage of those, but there are numerous ways to do it. And everybody is different. You know that the church has been gifted with evangelists. Y'all know that, right? In the scripture, evangelism is not actually listed as a gift. The person is the gift. My brother Emerson Wiles is an evangelist. 
do not talk to Emerson unless you want to get saved. Okay, I'm just telling you, my older brother, it is how he is. I have watched Emerson lead people to Christ in about every city you can think of. We were at the beach one year. We always used to go to the beach together as families. I went out, I thought it was early one morning to go running. Emerson was already out there. I saw his sandals. And then I saw two sets of footprints. I saw what I believed were Emerson's. And then it looked like boot prints going down and turning this away by the beach. I was going to run this away. So I went running. I come back just in time to see Emerson leaving the beach with a guy in jeans, cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat. So I catch up with Emerson. I said, what happened? He said, well, I came out here this morning to walk on the beach, and a dude standing out here with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat on. I told him, I said, I've seen a lot of things at the beach. I ain't ever seen a cowboy. What are you doing here? And the guy said, well, apartment truck back up here, to be honest with you, pretty much at the end of my rope. Don't really know what I need to do next. Emerson said, so we went right down there, and I just led him to Christ, and I gave him some info. We're going to follow up with him when he gets back to his home. That is Emerson Wiles. I just went for a run. Okay? When a telemarketer calls my brother, <laughs> he always answers. And basically what he says is, I'm going to give you three minutes to tell me whatever you are going to try to sell me. And then under one condition, you're going to give me three minutes to tell you something that you can't buy. And so Emerson shares the gospel. Not everybody is that way. But we all have an opportunity and a responsibility. So let me give you just three stages in lost people's lives and possibilities for you to intersect. Let me give them to you real quickly. First of all, invitation. Some people meet people when what needs to happen is an invitation. And that's something you can do easily. Invite somebody to church, invite them to a Bible study, invite them to a conversation, invite them to a lunch like you just heard Katie and Ryan do, invite them to just a further relationship, some event at your church or dinner at your house or whatever. It's a brief conversation. It's just planting a seed. But here's the thing, y'all. Don't miss those opportunities because right now people are wide open to spiritual conversations. People are troubled right now. Y'all know that, right? They're troubled by the pandemic. They're troubled by what's happening across the world. I was in the grocery store the other day just looking at some meat, and this guy walked up to me. I said, how you doing? He said, man, this COVID thing's been terrible, hasn't it? I said, I was, I was waiting on, I'm fine, how are you? Fine. And then I would buy my meat. But instead, just like that, a random stranger looks at a random stranger and just says, man, this COVID thing's been terrible, hasn't it? It's affected everybody. Well, that led to just a brief conversation. People are open to conversations right now. So invitation, that's usually a brief kind of thing. It's where you're planting a seed. Who knows how that's going to go and how God's going to use it. Second uh, area, I would say, is what I would call cultivation. Some people are really good at developing relationships with people, long-term relationships. They are there to, to build friendships, to love them and lead them. And you know, some people need that. They require some long-time conversations. And some of us are good at that, at just getting to know people. Sometimes it might take years to cultivate things, looking for opportunities, and plus just loving people and getting to know them and serving them and living life with them. Sometimes the role that you're playing, remember Paul said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but we're all doing the same thing. You just may intersect someone at a different point in their life. And then finally, the last one is what I would call celebration. Sometimes you just happen to be there when you share the message of Christ in such a way that that person makes a decision to receive Christ. More often than not, 
there has been a lot that is built up to that in that person's life. Sometimes it's the first time they've heard it and they respond. That's a spirit thing. Many times, though, a process has been ongoing. Somebody's invited them. Someone has cultivated. And you happen to be there to celebrate. It's, it's a beautiful thing when it happens. It doesn't always happen. But when you're there, it's awesome. And you get to be the one to celebrate their birth into the new kingdom. You know, years ago, I was playing golf at California. A friend of mine took me on a trip to California. And uh, we were playing golf. And uh, it was a beautiful day at Torrey Pines. And uh, I, was, I flew out there for free. I was eating for free. I was playing golf for free. By the way, I'm wide open to that kind of stuff. So about the fourth hole, fifth hole, this guy that we're playing with has been using the high-dollar cuss words the whole time. I mean, lighting it up. So we're out in the fairway on the sixth hole, and he looks at me and says, hey, your buddy over there, what's he do for a living? I said, he's an attorney. He said, okay. He said, how about you? I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. <clears throat> he put his head down. He said, man, he said, he's a dude. Why are you just now telling me that? I, I have been lighting this golf course up. And now, had I known, I said, well, I don't want you paying me any more respect than you pay God. God hears everything you say. So we stood there for a minute and kind of took that in. <clears throat> One of my finer moments, I thought. But we get to the 18th hole. I put out, I mean, obviously, but you know, make a about a 15-foot putt for par, but nevertheless, it's kind of bending down to the left, and right at the end, it just turned right. But Torrey Pines is a great golf course. But anyway, I picked my ball up. Before he putts, he said, all right, I don't know what you got going after this, but before you go, I need to ask you one more question. Do you believe that you actually can know what happens to you when you die? I said, I do. He said, you got time to talk about it? I said, no, I got a lot going on right now, man. <laughs> of course I do. So we stood out on the hood of his pickup truck, y'all, and I was able to share the gospel with him, and he was that close. He didn't quite commit, but here's what I honestly believe. Somebody else intersected him, and they were the ones that were there, and guess what? He'd been led and led and led, and boom, they were there to celebrate. Isn't that awesome? See, you may not be there for the celebration, but don't think that the cultivation is not worthy. It is worthy. The invitation is worthy. In other words, you've got an opportunity to engage in this process in a person's eternity. Think about that. What a, what a gift that is and a responsibility it is. So we're going to cultivate evangelistic sensitivity and celebrate it when we see it lived out. Because, you know, one of the stories in the Old Testament that inspires me along, this, along these lines is found in 2 Kings 6 and 7 when Elisha was prophesying and the, the uh, Syrians, the Aramaeans had surrounded Samaria. It was under siege and everybody was hungry. There was a huge famine. And there were some Jewish lepers that had realized there was no food for them to eat. And so they decided, let's just go to the Aramean camp. There were these huge, huge sections of soldiers that had camped all around Samaria. And they said, you know what? Let's go to them. They're the enemy. We've got leprosy. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. So what difference does it make? So they go to the camp of the Arameans. And guess what? The entire Aramean army had been led by God to believe they were being attacked by a huge Israeli army, and they just took off running, fled for their lives, and left everything in the camp. All their food, all their gold, all their silver, their livestock, everything. These four lepers went in and didn't see anybody, and guess what they did? They gorged themselves, the Bible says. Second Kings 7. They just started eating like there was no tomorrow. And then one of them said this, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. And they got up and took off running and went back to Samaria to tell them, hey guys, come to the camp of the Arameans. All the food is here. The livestock is here. The soldiers are all gone. And they shared the good news. Y'all, 
The gospel is good, but it's not just there for you and I, us, you and I to gorge ourselves on it. We're to enjoy it, engage it, be blessed by it, but it's a day of good news. This world needs to hear it. This world needs to know why it's so good. So this Easter season is going to be about cultivating this evangelistic sensitivity. In fact, it's a from now on thing for us as a church. May God use us to share this good news with a world that is desperate for it. May it be so. Let me pray for us. Father, today, thank you. Thank you for the good news. Thank you that the gospel is that and that it's good news all the time for all people everywhere. And Lord, as we live our lives every day, we have opportunities to invite, to engage, to cultivate, and who knows, maybe even celebrate with someone. Lord, help us to see, help us to understand, help us to know the gospel well enough, help us to learn together and find our path as we seek to share this good news with our community. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.